straight into our next movie clip here. But if you weren't able to join us last week, I wanted to give you a little bit of a summary of what we're watching. As you heard through Patrick, we're watching the movie Tangled. It's a story about Rapunzel, who is a princess. And when Rapunzel's mom, who was the queen, was pregnant with her, she was very sick and she almost died until she drank some medicine from a ma- that was made from a magical flower that instantaneously healed her, and Rapunzel was born. But also what transferred to Rapunzel was this magical power of healing that worked out through her hair. But when Rapunzel was a little baby, there was this other person, a very bad person, named Mother Gothel, who took Rapunzel when she was a baby out from her home, stole her, and wanted to use those magical healing powers for herself. And she put her into this tall tower hidden deep in the forest where no one could find her. And when Rapunzel grew up, somebody actually found the tower. They stumbled across it. And that person's name is Flynn Rider. And he's a criminal. He's a thief. And he was actually running from uh, stealing the princess's crown. And he somehow found this tower. He climbs it, and he, he's entering into it. And do you guys remember what happened? Rapunzel hits him over the head with a frying pan and knocks him out. And he puts, she puts him into her closet. And so he's inside of there right now. And then suddenly she sees this very sparkly thing, which was a crown. It was her crown, and, and, but she, didn't, she doesn't know that yet. And that's where we left off on our clip last week, and that's where we're going to start our clip today. So shall we enjoy? Wonderful. Cute movie. Okay. Good movie, huh? Well, like last week, we'll have a little short message here in the beginning, and then we're going to form groups to talk a little bit about the message and also the movie. And today... There's, in this clip, there's quite a few things that we could look and talk about. There's a few themes and there's a few wonderful places that we can spend some time on. But our focus and topic for today is on feeling sorry. Feeling sorry. It's an important, I believe, message if we can hear. I think it has the ability to change our thinking, uh, I believe also God can free us from a very important part of our life, which is this very much of a feeling that we have almost daily and regularly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, which is our Bible quote for today, this is what it reads, and you can find this in your booklet. And by the way, this is a time where we, obviously, it's very family-friendly, but we, we believe here at the nations of discipling others so they become disciples. And so that's why you see, you know, kids around, and we're, we're doing this kind of theme as well, is that we really believe in using these times as opportunities to teach what Jesus has been teaching us. So feel free to even during the message be speaking and talking and helping our young ones and each other through what the the points that we're talking about. So we're going to be going through this 
Bible quote, and it's on page one for you. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. I want to talk about the word sorrow. It's a very important word, but it's a very difficult word to get in just a simple English word. The Bible wasn't written in English or in Korean. Did you know that? It was written, at least in the New Testament, it was written in Greek. And a few other English translations of sorrow is grief, pain, sadness, distress, and feeling sorry. Another word that comes up is like guilt as well. And so there's a lot of these words that kind of help us describe what sorrow is as it's talking about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Rapunzel felt some of this sorrow when she left the tower. Do you remember? At first, she was very excited. She never touched grass. She'd never been outside before. And she, she's outside and she's loving it. She's having fun. She's kicking the leaves. She's jumping up and down. She's really enjoying this new adventure that she decided to go on with Flynn Rider. The next moment, now she's feeling this sorrow, feeling horrible. She's feeling sorry. She says, I am a horrible daughter. I should just go back. And so Flynn, he makes an observation. He says to Rapunzel, you seem a little at war with yourself here. And I think some of us, if not many of us, have experienced some of this war that we can have within. And this sorrow, this feeling of sorry, this full of sorrow, is something very important for us to understand because... When we feel sorry, and here's our first point, when we feel sorry for something, this can lead us to God or it can lead us away from God. Okay? It can lead us to Him and closer to Him or it can lead us further and further away from Him. Paul is the one who wrote this, this letter in 2 Corinthians. And he, he is an apostle. He was a leader who helped a lot of churches grow up in, in, the, in the Bible times. And he wrote this letter telling the, the people in Corinth of the things that they were doing wrong. And so he wrote what people call a very painful and serious letter to the people in the church at Corinth to help them correct their attitudes. They had some bad attitudes and they were doing some very bad things. And so Paul wrote this very strong letter to make them feel sorry for what they were doing in hopes that that would lead them to turn to God and to get closer to God. So we'll read that verse here just to help you understand what Paul was writing. In verse 8, we're backing up a little bit from our Bible quote. For though I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that my letter made you sorry, though just for a while. Verse 9, I now rejoice, not, not that you were made sorry, but that you were made sorry to repentance. Repentance just means turning to God, away from my sin to God. For you were made sorry in a 
godly way that made that you might suffer loss by us in nothing. So Paul, of course, none of us likes like to make other people feel sorry. But there's something called godly sorrow or to be sorry in a godly way. But first, let's talk a little bit about why do we feel sorry? Why do we feel sorrowful? Or why do we feel guilty sometimes? Well, we feel sorry when we do something bad or we do something wrong. Is that pretty simple? Yeah. In the next slide here, we'll see that for us to feel sorry, we need to know that we did something wrong. And how do we know we did something wrong until somebody tells us what is right and what is wrong? In that, we call it the law. God's gave us these rules, gave us these laws to help us see what is right and what is wrong. If we didn't have this, we wouldn't know what is wrong and what is right. True? So like Flynn Ryder, he, he broke the law, didn't he? He stole something that didn't belong to him. And so he was wrong. He was wrong. But was he, was he feeling sorry? No, he wasn't necessarily feeling sorry for it. But he was wrong for doing that. When we do wrong, it's supposed to lead us to feeling sorry. Yeah? And feeling like we did something wrong and bad. That's, that's the point. So when we break a rule, when we break the law or something that God teaches us, we're supposed to feel sorry. Up until that point, that's normal and that's good. I think in our world today, there's a lot of confusion. They, they say, don't feel this way at all. Yeah? Or feel this way a lot. There's a lot of confusion. But up to this point, it's normal to feel sorry when you do something bad. However, when you look in the heart, there's a difference between feeling sorry in a godly way and feeling sorry in the worldly way. In that heart that's red, you'll see that the godly way is always based on God. It's God-centered. It's about what He says and who He is, His truth. And about who he is as, as somebody who's purely good. And when we are understanding God's way, his truth, and it's about him. And we see that even though we did something wrong, even though we sinned, we see what is right. And it leads us and the spirit of God will convict us. That means, just means that I know that I've done something wrong, but here's what I truly want. I want what God wants. I want what, what is right and true. So the focus is not about my wrong. The focus is about God's goodness and what he says and wanting to, be, to do what is good because it will lead to goodness and life. And it always leads us to life in this way, right? Because God is good. He is life. So when we turn to him and we do it his way, it always leads us to life. But the worldly way is all about not God's truth, but it's about God-centered. It's about self. It's about me-centered. I'm at the, self, at the center of that. And when it, I'm at the center of it, it's often very much about lies. It's not about God's laws. It's about my own laws. Yeah? My opinions are what I think is right and wrong. Oftentimes, what other people tell me is right and wrong. And it's the focus is not about God's goodness. It's about my sin and what I've done wrong. And this will always lead to condemnation, which is a big word to feeling judged and feeling bad about myself. Right? And then it leads to death. Always to death. Let me give you an illustration. Say you were walking around along and you, somebody had a hot cup of coffee. 
Youngman likes to drink coffee a lot. And I bump into him accidentally. And he spills it all over himself. Yeah? Well, if you truly felt sorry about that, you can respond in two different ways. I can say to young men, oh, I am so sorry. Let me help you clean that up. And whatever the cleaning bill is, I'll pay, I'll pay that. You know, send that to me because I'll pay it. Doesn't that sound like a, a good thing to do? But I am sorry. I'm so sorry. But that's a way to make it right. That's very similar to a godly way of feeling sorry. But let's say another way to respond to it. And I say, I bumped him and he spills his coffee all over him. And I say the same words. I'm so sorry, young men. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I always do things like this. Let me pay for your shirt. Um, And then that's where it's self, it leads to self-blaming, being self-critical, self-condemning, right? Even though I didn't do anything morally wrong, I didn't break any of God's rules and laws, but I feel like I am such a bad person. And even after this event is over, I might be thinking over and over again, I'm always doing this thing. I'm, all, I'm always making other people have a bad day. Does that make sense? So how it's always about self and leading in this way. This way always leads to death. That's what we saw in 2 Corinthians 7.10. It leads to death away from life. My dear friends, if somebody has ever told you that you are stupid or that you've heard somebody or say something and you've thought that, that you are stupid or that you're dumb or that you're ugly or that you don't have value or, or worth as a person, if, if you have heard that and you started to believe that about yourself, you need to turn to God. That feeling, you should feel sorrowful. It should pain you. If you hear those things or you believe those things, that should, that actually is very hurtful. But what, the way we handle this in a godly way is we turn to God and we talk to Him about it. And we let Him love you. We let Him tell you the truth. Okay? If you have heard this and you have believed this and you believe these things, go to God and let him love you and tell you the truth. To love that out of you. Because there really is no other way. Otherwise, if we don't do this, just like Rapunzel, if she didn't have something inside of her that was calling her, this love from her parents, she would have gone back to the tower, wouldn't she? And I'm being a prisoner to it. And that's what it does. It leaves us becoming a prisoner. We talked about strongholds last week. It becomes a stronghold. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says, We owed a debt because we broke God's laws. That debt listed all the rules we failed to follow. A debt basically is the punishment. When we sin against God, we don't just pay for... The payment is not just a shirt, a cleaning a shirt. The payment is your life. When you break and you sin, you break God's laws, the payment is your life. And that payment listed all the rules we failed to follow, but God forgave us that debt. Praise God. And he took away that debt and he nailed it to the cross. 
He took what all of that you've done wrong, all of your sin, and the payment of that, of your life, and he nailed it on the cross with who? Jesus Christ, our Savior. Romans 4.8 says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a truly a blessing? To be somebody where this Lord will never count your sin against you. Oh, there's so much here that we can talk about. And in fact, that's what we're going to do right now. So we're going to pause our, our message here. And in this time, we're going to meet with other people, maybe some people that you know, maybe people you don't know, and form some small groups. I really do encourage this to be a very small group, even if it's just two people and just a pair, that's fine. Um, but keep it small because we don't have a lot of time to talk about some of these questions, and it would be great for us to all be able to participate. There's also questions for the young ones. So engage them into the discussion. They have some activities there as well, if that helps. So go ahead. Let's stand up, make some groups, and I'll facilitate some of these questions. So groups of two to five. Keep them small. Keep them great. Raise your hand if you want a group, if you haven't found a group yet. I can help kind of steer you to some groups. It'd be great if you're involved, everyone's involved in a group. That'd be wonderful. <clears throat> okay, once you're seated and you're ready to go, <clears throat> do you remember that scene in the Snuggly Duckling where they're all singing about their dreams? You know, they, they, all these very rough-looking people. They're all telling each other about their dreams. Well, that's our first question. So whenever you're ready, talk about the first question. What is one of your life dreams? What is one of your life dreams? And for the kiddos, you can talk about what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? So about, about three minutes for this question. Okay, if you're... In a place where you can move to the next question. Yes. Turn to page four in your booklet and read Second Corinthians seven ten. It's our Bible quote for today. And you can ask the question and talk about the question. What is the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow? Talk about some examples in your group about godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. And you can also talk about why Rapunzel felt bad about leaving the tower. Why did Rapunzel feel so bad leaving the tower? About five minutes for this question. Yes, you mean? Okay, if you guys are in a good place, we're going to go to our third question. It's our last question. It, it relates to the second one. It's on page five, if you turn there. And read Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. And here's the question. Think about a time when you recently sinned. Think about it. You don't have to share this, okay? You don't have to talk about it. So think about a time when you recently sinned. What does it mean to you that God has already nailed your sin 
to the cross and has forgiven you. So talk about what it means to you that he has already nailed that to the cross and forgiven you. That's what you talk about. You don't have to talk about what you did wrong. Right? And then for the kids, you can talk about and ask them the question, why does God forgive us when we do wrong? Why does he forgive us when we do wrong? Okay, about five minutes for this, and then we'll wrap up. All right, brothers and sisters, friends, I think we're at that time. If you're at a good spot to wrap up, could you turn your chairs back around and join us back as we wrap up our, our service together? Thank you. I was walking around a little bit and I loved some of the conversations that you were having. I hope you're having some good discussion about some of the things that God is showing to us today. Who met somebody new for the first time? Yeah? All right. Oh, good. Okay? Meeting new people. You know, that's kind of the, the secret plan here is that, you know, if we... Sometimes we kind of sit in the same place all the time, and we don't meet other people from the other side of the room. <laughs> but if we move around and we kind of get in these groups, it's a, it can be a little bit uncomfortable, right? Some of us love it. I know, I know Amanda loves it. She's a, she's a lover of meeting new people. But it, it gets us out of our comfort zone, and we get to meet some new people. But what's more important is, is that we get to build in relationships on God's word. On what he is teaching us. And what he is bringing into our hearts. And I believe that is the reason why we get to see so many Christ-centered relationships here at the Nations Church. And if this is one of your first times experiencing that, there's more. There's more. In fact, we have focus groups that are going to be um, the signups for them are going to start next week. And that's our 10 weeks of getting into and, and, and building these Christ-centered relationships where you are experiencing freedom in Christ, strength through the Holy Spirit, and fulfilling your God-given purpose here on earth. So if you haven't been part of that, do so next week. There's also Growth Track where we talk about this more in depth. And that will be also starting at the end of the month. Well, let's wrap up with our final point here. You know, when, when, we, are, when we feel sorry, God's, in, in, not in God's way, but the world's way, it will always lead to death. That's what we talked about. And another word for that is shame. Okay? These kinds of feelings, if, they, if we deal with them in the world's way... It will always lead to shame. But the Bible shows us, brothers and sisters, that Jesus has set us free from shame. Now let me tell you what the difference between just feeling sorry or guilty is versus shame. Shame will always tell you, instead of just focusing on what you did that was wrong, will tell you that something is wrong with you. Okay? Instead of saying, I did something bad... Shame will lead you to believe you are bad. Instead of feeling sorry because you've made a mistake, which we always all do, true, it will say that you are a mistake. Do you understand that? 
And, and this is why it always leads to death. Because that is, that's not only a horrible feeling, but in fact, a lot of people spiritually are, in, are dead, and it even leads to real death if, if we don't understand that these feelings of feeling sorry are meant for us to turn to, to, turn to God for. Brothers and sisters, before we belonged to Christ, we belong to the devil. That's the truth. The devil was our master. And if you're not a Christian, here's, here's what I want to make very clear to you. The devil is who enslaves people who do not know Christ. Everything the devil is, we were when we were born into this world. We sin not because we... we make a mistake we sin because we are born sinners in this world and and so god through his laws god through his word and through the spirit that he has sent here on earth wants to tell you the truth about who we are and if you're not a christian that means that you have been born not into this world as sinner and you have no choice in that There's no choice. Just like you don't have a choice in what family you were born in. I don't know if you had a choice in that. I had no choice in what family I was born in. You were born in the family of Adam. And the family of Adam means you are a sinner. And and the sinner means that you, everything that you are, you're full of sin. Everything your nature is, you're, you're of sin. And God wants to tell you the truth about that so that you can feel sorrowful about this. It's, it's a terrible feeling. But he wants you to then turn to God. And he wants to rescue you and save you. And if you're a Christian and you feel like you've done things wrong or you haven't lived up to the Christian life, he doesn't want you to focus on those things that you've done wrong, but on him who has rescued you and has given you Someone who is greater in that is in you than who is in the world to be able to be greater than your sin, to know who you are as the righteousness of God. Jesus has set us free from sin. For the scriptures say in Romans ten eleven, everyone who believes in Him in Christ will not be put to shame. Why is that? Well, let's look at the next verse, Second Corinthians. 521. He, God, made the one who did not know sin, who is Jesus. Jesus did not know sin. He never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Did you know temptation and sin are not the same thing? They're completely different. If that's if they were the same, Jesus sinned, but they're not. So Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for you and me. He became sin for you and me, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's not just having something from God that we we get. We become the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin for you, so that you can become God's righteousness. Do you deserve that? No. Can't, did you do anything to make that happen? No. God did it. He allowed his son to become sin, full of sin, 
so that you become the righteousness of God. And my dear friends, if the accuser who called the devil comes and accuses you any differently, then this is what you stand on. And you say, I am the righteousness of God. It's not something you feel necessarily, but it is the truth. And when you confess the truth, confession isn't just always the bad things you've done. Confession is just what is true and what is real. And you confess that you are the righteousness of God, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is and what he has done. My friends, this is where we experience the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. The freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. And so we don't have to be motivated out of feeling sorry or bad in the the worldly way. But anytime we feel this way, turn to God. Let him minister to your hearts the truth of what Jesus has done in you and through you. Romans 8.1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ Jesus, everything that Jesus is, you are and you have. By faith, by His grace, that is yours. And this is how we stand In these times when we feel sorry, which is a normal thing, but then take those to God and let him make this real in you. And you will start to live in the beautiful freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. Wonderful things that we can learn at the movies, can't we? Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for setting us free from sin, shame. And death. Thank you that we have seen today that you are the one who became sin for us so that we can become your righteousness. And some of the conversations, Father, that you opened up in our small groups today, I thank you that you are the God of time because I know that sometimes. Time doesn't allow us to go in the fullness of things. But thank you that you're the one who opens these things in our hearts. And you will continue to talk to us about them. These life-giving truths of how to turn to you in these times of guilt and these times of sorrow. So that, Father, your love and your truth, your goodness and all of you, of who you are transforms us and shows us how things really are in your kingdom. Father, I pray for anyone right now who is listening to this message and they have that feeling of sorrow in their hearts. And if it's a feeling of sorrow because, Lord, you are showing them that they are not in relationship with you and they are cut off from you, that they are a sinner. And Father, I, I thank you for, for this. Not because of the feeling, 
but because, Lord, you are leading them to repentance. You're leading them to turn to you to be saved. Father, minister to their heart right now. For the Lord, you said anyone who believes in your name will be saved. Anyone who confesses the name of Jesus is Lord in their life. And believes that you, God, have raised Jesus from the dead. They will be saved. And friend, if that is you, just cry out to Jesus. It's personal. There's no formula to this. There's no right prayer. It's just start off your relationship with Jesus in a real way. Just cry out to him and ask him to save you. Let him show you the cross that he died on in your place to save you. Let him show you that he became sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of God. And receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Let him put his righteousness, let him put his life, his goodness, everything that he is into you. This happens by simply believing and trusting with all your heart. And brother and sister in Christ, if you are struggling with sorry feelings, guilt and shame, turn to Jesus. Turn to him. You don't even have to know what to say, but trust the Spirit of God will lead you into His presence. Be loved by Him. Let Him show you what is true. Speak and confess out loud what is that you believe and let Him tell you what is the right thing to believe in Him. He loves to do that. Father, all glory to Your name. We praise You in Jesus. Amen.